So um, now for a uh, reading by Ely Williams, who won the James Tate Black Memorial Prize this year for a collection of stories, um, A Trib and Other Stories, the brilliant Ely Williams. Good afternoon. Ooh. The alphabet, or love letters, or writing love letters before I forget how to use them, or these miserable loops look so much better on paper than in practice. The plot of this is not and will not be obvious. I'm pretending that this won't be important. It's quite likely that I've lost it anyway, the plot. Related, where are my glasses? For some reason, I find that if I say glasses, glasses, in an authoritative way while searching for them, it seems somehow more likely that I shall find them or that I will somehow invoke them into being. This is a strategy that does not work for finding one's dignity nor for finding you, but glasses, possibly. Announcing my intention to find them at least conveys a sense of control as I dither around picking up ornaments and looking under curtains. There is a paper published online that sets out this thesis, and I shall quote it aloud to make it real. Speech can alter ongoing cognitive and even perceptual processing in non-trivial ways, effectively allowing one to concentrate better. Say it ain't so. Announce with an ounce of courage and conviction, and the world's your, your, the world's yours for the mistaking. And for what it's worth, concentrating, I can say that you altered me in non-trivial ways. The pursuit was anything but trivial, at least. I remember that. Glasses. I completely lost it, the plot, not the glasses. They're only mislaid about two weeks ago, around the same time that I mislaid you. If you were here, you would make a filthy joke about my use of that word, about you being mislaid. Scratch that then, screw it, or unscrew that word out of place. Two weeks ago is when I lost it, the plot, round about the same time that you were not mislaid by me, but were misplaced, when you misplaced me. Two weeks ago is when we ceased to converge by the bedside table, beneath the sofa, by the fridge. I've realised with some embarrassment that the reason I could not find them is, of course, because I am wearing my glasses. <laughs> This is like that time someone, I'm being coy, I mean you, complimented, no, complimented my eyes, and suddenly I wish that I could pop them out onto your palm and say, hey, damn right, they're the best thing about me. Not, you know, functionally, of course, hence the glasses, but in terms of form. Do you want to swap? I want to see you in them, which, of course, would be impossible for about three reasons and horrible for about 12, but what was I saying? Even though I now know the whereabouts of my glasses, the feeling of lack remains. I've lost something else. So here I must remain, poised to retrieve. If I say something else, something else in an authoritative way, perhaps it is more likely that I will find it, whatever it may be. We looked up my condition after coming home from the doctors the first time when it had been explained to us in a pale room with a ticking light. We had looked the word up in the dictionary I did not tell you, but I had imagined using my plucked-out eye's optic nerve as a bookmark to save the definition's place. We also searched online to make sure our internet history was keeping up with our life events. I spelt the word with an F at first, and sighing, you took control of the keyboard. Aphasia, you typed. 
It required both of your hands in the same way that origami might, or the act of unwrapping a parcel. We browsed. Aphasia, a disturbance of the comprehension and formulation of language caused by dysfunction in specific brain regions. You can't spell aphrodisiac without aphasia, you said later, trying to make a filthy joke out of it and holding me. Yes, you can, I said into your jumper after a while. This gave me time to work it out. Well, I can't, you had said, not letting go. And I, not giving up, had said, you'd have a spare A. And give me an A, you had said in your cheerleader voice. And I cannot remember what happened next. I probably did give you something. After all, your innuendo-led ears would probably not let me get away without giving you one. But it is impossible to recall. I've forgotten, basically, and now I have misplaced you. I've swept so many words under my tongue and out of the porches of my ear, out of sight and out of mind. Over the years, your ears must have become spoked and fairly bristling with my letter X's and K's and T's and teasing. The plot, yes, the condition of its being lost. I have a great deal of nostalgia for having the plot and a full vocabulary. Both have been lost gradually along with the, what is it, marbles, my marbles specifically. We have come to specific marbles. I've lost it, I've lost my marbles, and I've lost the plot, the holy trinity of losing I've lost my faith in. Wham, bam, thank you, mate. <laughs> Maybe the plot was connected with my marbles in some way. Maybe one plays marbles on a plot, plot being synonymous with pitch or field or court. I lost them all long ago is what's important, or two weeks ago. You took my marbles and it with you, and I appear to have mislaid the plot. And in the film of the musical of the play in Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly ever happen, but Eliza Doolittle was fed marbles in order to improve her diction, not to lose a good thing she had going. And no doubt, if you were here, you would make a dirty joke out of that word too. I shall shun diction then, a cunning stunt, spoonerisms, tongue twisters. I remember that you could make these words affectionate and filthy as soon as you had found them and me in close confines. And one cannot spell eyes without having to also spell yes. This is always especially the case with you and with yours. Incidentally, my dictionary is definitely getting smaller. This might be because I'm moving away from it or because it is shriveling. What's your favorite word? You asked me on our first date. And I said something obvious, like pamphlet. <laughs> Excellent, you had said. You may have even clapped. Favorite letter you continued without offering your own answer. You tended to take charge like that. A waiter was sizing up our haircuts and handing you the bill. I was, I was trying to seem interesting, so I replied, Q, Q, you echoed, somewhat accusingly, as you pressed your pin code into the machine. Yes. Q needs you to be useful, you had said, and I remember that I rolled my eyes out of my head and you winked in a pantomime way and touched my wrist with your hand. And yours, I think I asked. I must have done. I should have. I hope I did. I consider favorite letters to be a better indicator of personality than star signs, you had said. And I had thought, oh, great. This person's a massive weirdo and is going to try and inculcate me into reiki practicing cheesecloth wearing bewhiskered cult or sect because I used to use word like inculcate without thinking twice, even though I knew at the time that that was unadvised, inadvised. But by God, you were charming, said the other half of my brain. Cult leaders often are, replied the first half. <laughs> Go atrophy on a stalk, said the second half, and it did, I think. Thank goodness. You had evaded my question, I couldn't help but notice. 
The letter A is a snapped Eiffel Tower, the shape of it. If you were interested in capital letter A as a letter, I assumed that you were only interested in half-finishing projects, you said. Is, is that right? Capital letter H for rugby fans and penalties. F and E and Y are all prongs. And prongs are for stabbing at something, I thought. Letters as stabs in the dark. I do not know why you picked these letters as examples. You were misspelling the alphabet. And what does Q imply? You cocked your head as if the answer might slide out of your ear onto the table. <laughs> uppercase or lowercase, you asked, gravely. That would be telling, I said, pretending I knew how to flirt. <laughs> it stands for questions often, doesn't it, you said, and I'm sure that I did not know how to answer, and we went to a bar. Q was your first answer, you said, very close to my face. You were slightly drunk by this point and enjoying the sound of your own voice, and I was enjoying the sound of your own voice too. Queuing, lining them up, very British. Q is the old man in James Bond, you went on. No, the new young man, the lovely whippity one. Q is for questions, you said again, and then you'd said something about liking a challenge. And four years later, after the diagnosis, you were putting posters and print-ups printouts up around our flat, posters and labels. This is a kettle on the kettle. These are mousetraps on the mousetraps. I am your one and only, and this joke only works because of a song you like on a badge that you wore around the place. I have a children's laminated alphabet poster on my wall. There's a cartoon apple on it and a ball and a large yellow cat. The grossly stunted Eiffel Tower shape of an A the headless, limbless woman's body of a B, C's upset urn and the taut bow of a D, the snapped trident head of E further snapped to form an F, an empty workman's clamp, the letter G, the rugby goal of H. There I am next to it, standing tall like something at stake. The following long shadow cast by the same eye sometime past noon makes the letter J. What is next? The letter K is the point of an arrow smacking into a trunk, while L is a candle holder where the flame has been snuffed out. M and N are always claimed by my memory of your knuckles, and the letter O invariably is your surprise, or your singing unabashed in our garden when you think that no one is at home. Remaining in the garden, the letter P is cuckoo spit on the length of a chive, cooling in the dew dawn. The letter Q is a monocle discarded, we always had time for eccentricity. We watched a battered VHS of My Fair Lady and drank whenever a word game presented itself. The letter R is a thrown magnifying glass embedded in a wall. To say that the letter S is a snake is perhaps easy pickings, but true. My occasional lisp, a snake in the grass. I lisp when hurried or under stress. What's the evolutionary point in that? I resent the S especially. Atlas, seen cruciform from the front, the world removed from his shoulders, the letter T. Then you come as a grin, grossly extended, or an empty jar. If there were 40, we'd be ready for fairyland thieves, and because you ruin things with beautiful practicality, let's line up an amphora with the lips smashed clean away by vandals, V, two such amphorae, W. The next letter marks the spot, a kiss, or something like the waiter's brace suspenders against his fresh white shirt back, X. Pentecostal or horrified upthrust arms in Y as we finally discover the serpent Z. A cruel child has broken the spine of an S. Lying in bed and looking at the ceiling, 
I think there can be no time for yellow cats or balls or apples when there is all this to remember and bear in mind. Aphasia is now an autocomplete on my laptop's search field. Good thing there's a word for it, you had said, and my face was in your jumper again. To fill the empty kitchen, I turn to, thing like, I turn to things like radios. Love songs will try and make you believe that one word is the hardest and that three particular words are the most important. And I'm sure those three will be the last to leave me. In truth, it is impossible to place a bet on which word will be the next to go. At least, I think it will be nothing to do with scansion nor prosody. Perhaps it is all to do with the way a mouth moves, that your mouth moved in the kitchen, and that I can remember this clearly, that one speaking mouth can be form over function as each word that I can remember peels away or falls away or does whatever you would like to call it. What's your favourite letter, you would ask me, four years after the last time, the first time, when we were sitting in bed reading the Sunday papers as if I still knew how that worked? Oh, I said. Oh, you repeated. No, um, M. No, I, I, you had said, and then you reached over and pressed my nose to let me know that you were only teasing. I think that I clicked my fingers in irritation and said, I'll get it eventually. And you had said, oh, you bet you can get it eventually because you cannot help yourself, your filthiness. And I had said, that's not funny. And you had said, you don't know what funny means anymore. And you looked at me, knowing or hoping that I would laugh, and I did, and... You should never start sentences like that, I know, but what's a sentence really if not time spent alone? The medical pamphlets do not state it, and the literature does not concentrate on it, but the only two things that I've ever been scared to lose are you, and more so, and originally my mind. And there we have it. The day that I forgot the word for a hairbrush was when you first looked concerned. I held the hairbrush in front of me and trialled scalp tufter after a few seconds of concentration. You'd frowned. You'd cocked your head in the way that you do, and from then on it became like easier, but the opposite. Forgetting hairbrush became forgetting our address, became forgetting dates, became figmenting, became fragmenting, became I remembered your beautiful, beautiful face, but I could not quite place it. My brain had unpinned you without me wanting it to. And now you have gone, and it's not your fault, or whatever the word is. The heaviest book in the house is the dictionary. I know, because to fill my days, I went around with a scale and measured each one to learn the weight of words. The dictionary is so heavy that my hand hurts, even if I brace myself when I take it down from its shelf. You used to press flowers between its pages. I didn't know that at the time, or if I did, I overlooked it, but I do not think I would have overlooked such a thing. The petals that I find do not smell of anything in particular. They are brittle. The word friable comes to mind and I look it up at once. The new to me petals fall out occasionally into my lap when I'm checking myself or checking up on myself. Today there are just five that fall from the pages, three on my leg and two on the floor. They are your delicate, dirty jokes I found increasingly hard to understand. I can only imagine that their colour has not changed since the time you placed them there. And as I say, the dictionary seems smaller in my hands, but somehow grows heavier even as my speech bubbles grow thinner and more gauzy above my head. I want to be able to tell you that the petals are as light heavy as full stops. I want to be able to tell you that I miss you and the way you had with me and the way you had with all the words that at the time I had for you. Thank you very much.